Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right, yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. I'm your host, Dan Grimshay. Joining me, as always, is Marky. Say hey to the people, Marky. Say hey. Say hey, indeed. Well, here we go. It's Saturday morning. What are we going to talk about? What What is on our pop culture radar today? It is... Well, it's it's always there, to be honest with you. It's always there. Can't get away from pop culture because it's so... Popular in culture. <laughs> exactly. <I don't> know. <laughs> it works that way, which is great. Uh, there is one thing in particular I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, because we saw a movie a few months back, and we even talked to the director and writer, the creator of uh-huh. this documentary a few months back, mm-hmm. gentleman by the name of Eric P. Sharkey. Yep. Really kind of a cool name. Really one of the ultimate names. Yeah. It, and it's Eric with a K. Yeah, yeah. Eric with a K, not a C. Yeah. Not one of those soft Erics. No, like a hard Viking Eric. <laughs> it's like a it's like a first child, but a masculine child. <laughs> <laughs> and that's anyway. He made this movie. He is, uh, uh, you know, what? let me say, he is the man behind this movie called Drew, the man behind the poster. <laughs> He's the man behind the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the man behind the movie, behind the man behind the poster. Exactly. So what is this? Uh, yeah, what who is, is this? this? What who, who is this Drew and what is this poster? The the who is Drew Struzan and the what? The what? The best movie posters you grew up with? It's pretty much all of them. Yeah, just about all of them. Yeah, and uh, I, uh, some of you hardcore, real cinephiles out there, probably as soon as I said Drew Struzan, you knew exactly who we're exactly. talking about. For most of the rest of us. Exactly. Let me get you caught up. Me included, by the way, up until about three years ago when this movie was talked about. It debuted at Comic-Con, I think, in 2013. Yeah, Taking I a shot say, there. Yeah. I think IMDb gives it its release yeah. year at 2013. Drew, the man behind the poster, it's out now. You can go find it somewhere, somehow, yeah. even if you have to steal it. Well, I met... Not that we endorse stealing movies. But posters are okay. Uh, it's a gray area. But yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> well, I believe this. I believe that this movie came out in 2013, and I met Eric in line to get into the IDW X Files comic panel. Oh, he's one of your with uh, Jillian Anderson. convention line buddies. Yeah, and we just started talking, and then I <laughs> I was talking about his movie to people right next to me. Because our buddy Benny texted me about this movie, 
just a couple of days earlier. So we were talking about it, and Eric is there. Oh, so you you didn't even I know didn't, no, Eric I didn't know or him. the fact that he was there. He was you were just standing next to him talking about his movie. Yes, I was talking about his yeah, movie. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> had it, I had I had not seen it at that point, but I was talking about the possibility of how cool this was. Mm-hmm. All right, and it it did not disappoint. The movie is fantastic. And and then you were able to set up an interview. Well, yeah, I uh, he, with him, which he, I got to thank you for. We exchanged contact information, and then. Um, Things, the a, stars a couple aligned, years later, right, it con- conditions happened. coalesced. Uh-huh. So a lesson for all you kids out there. Don't be afraid to talk to strangers. You must talk to strangers, especially if they give you <laughs> candy or something. That's, those are the strangers you want to talk to. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But patience, a little luck, mm-hmm. good timing. And here he is right now today. We're able to bring you this really good interview. Yeah, today yeah. or perhaps uh, about, about two or three months ago. <laughs> yeah. But, which is a shame. We, we're very busy down here at the studio, and when we get a great opportunity uh, to interview somebody like that about something we like, we take it, uh-huh. not always knowing when we're going to be able to use it. Yeah. Just that, oh, well, we definitely got to talk to him. We don't want to let this slip through our fingers, and we did. Uh, and that was, I had heard about the movie, and then since we set this interview up, I was able to see it, or I had the best excuse to finally see it. Right. And I loved it, and I was blown away by how many movie posters. I think they're called one sheets uh-huh. that right. this this guy Drew Struzan is responsible for. And just so that I mean, we do we just crush the whole movie experience right now by revealing all these great posters? Well, I think we, we could spend an hour revealing all <laughs> the great posters. Let's start by talking about a few of them. Well, okay, what about just the? Let's just touch on some of his early stuff, and let's just see where it where it leads us. All right. right? Tell so, me. Tell me. So what's his early I'm looking at the very first page. This is at movieposterdb.com. I assume DB means database. Yes. Not the other thing. Um, and <laughs> so within – in his first three movie posters, one of them in 1974 is Blazing Saddles. Love it, and I can I can. Can picture you picture it? it? Do, yeah, I, you are not looking at this. What does it look like to you? It's uh, it's like a red motif, and it's got Mel Brooks, I think, with the with the headdress. Uh, yeah, and it's well, and it's il, it's illustrated. Yep, very. And illustrated. it's a it's a whole pastiche of images yeah. that interpose. But this has been the movie poster since it was in theaters in '74 on the VHS up until the very yeah. recent like uh, Blu-ray reissue a couple <laughs> years ago. It's still the same poster. Well, and actually, from uh, according to this particular database, uh, the original poster was black and white, and I guess they uh, added the color a little bit later. Uh, I'm not sure if Drew Struzan added the color. Um, a couple years later, he did the poster, the one sheet for The Muppet Show. Um, that was in 1976. There's a lot of stuff he did in between, including Car Wash, um, Killer Force, Robin. You, know, you can just go... And I imagine, especially back in the 70s, making a movie poster only paid so much. Exactly. You you don't do three a year and call it done. Right, right, right. But as he kind of moves forward um, in something – something really cool happens in 1977. I don't remember. Maybe it will come back to me here in a little bit. Uh, Um, But – uh, yeah, it's not standing out for me. But yeah, what else did he do? He ended up doing the Muppet movie, which I remember gonna. I remember seeing this movie in the theater in 1979, wow. and I was probably three years old. Wow, that's pretty good. I saw it. I remember going to see it. I mean, that's tiny. Yeah. You know, I remember. I have images of being in the theater watching that one. 
Um, Do you and, remember seeing the poster too? Well, on that it, same it all. Trip, or? I mean, to me, I've I've always, you know, I know what the Muppets look like, and maybe it's influenced by the original poster, or maybe it's just my imaging, my imagery of the Muppets. But it feels like, you know, I've seen that poster a million times. <laughs> you know, n- now that I'm looking at it, yeah, it looks totally, you know, it looks legit to me. Um, in 1981, he does this little movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, I um, heard of it. That's with that uh, Harold Ford's Her- Harrison, Harrison Ford. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Harrison I, I Ford. Be- What's he doing these days? Uh, you don't hear much about him. No, Harry I think Ford. He, he hurt himself in a plane crash, and that was about the last I heard Yeah, of. yeah. He's like a Buddy Holly of today. <laughs> Uh, he did Escape from that, New York. That's pretty awesome. That's Indiana Jones. It's Indiana Jones. Saying. And and this one is the one where, like, Marion and Indiana are kind of, like, at the at, they're in the center at the top of the poster, really tall. And then they're kind of standing on the arc where it's just kind of, you know, you see the, the yeah, light the coming out of it. Underneath. Yeah, yeah. And don't you have, like, the, uh, the dude with the glasses? He's at the – yeah, he's, like, one of the pillars, like, on the side. Yeah. And then Belloc is one side, and then the weird guy with the glasses on the other side. See, that's um, – I mean, that's – and I think by that description, as awkward as we made it, I bet most people who love that movie – They all know. Know exactly yeah. what you poster know. we're talking about. And you know that style. It's that illustrated looks it, – you don't mistake it for a photograph. But it is but damn near photo quality, but it captures yeah. more. There's yeah. always a twinkle in an eye. Yeah. Yeah. There's always some kind of evil off in one corner and redemption down yeah. in another. He's got this real artistic um, – I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's just straight skill or if he's following textbook rules on how you're supposed to make a poster. Well, if you want to – I mean, I never really – this is going to sound harsh. I guess I never really cared why or how they did it. You know, right? I never really thought of it, I guess, would be a better way to put it. Oh. But Well, I think in entertainment, the better people do their jobs, the easier it is to take it for granted. In this one, this is probably the best example of it. Yeah. Is that, and Which is gonna, why we want you all to know Drew Struzan's name. Yeah, and it, it, this, this particular film is actually right now, if you have a Netflix account, it is still – it's on Netflix. It's so popular, it just keeps – it keeps on Netflix. It, it keeps on Netflix and – yeah, it keeps on Netflixing, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. So, you know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you're you're going to be inspired to go and watch this movie because it is fantastic. And even though we're not going to crush all of the all of the great posters, we don't have we haven't even got into. I mean, obviously, Indiana Jones. You can tell in 1981, the first Indiana Jones. This guy did a lot of 80s movies posters. Cannibal Run. Uh, he did Blade Runner. We all know that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thing is fantastic. Uh, I think that 1982 um, is a very iconic year for him. And this is the year where he did First Blood. Okay. Ooh. Now, you haven't seen Before First it Blood. was Rambo. Before it was Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Yes. It was just First Blood. Okay. Part 1. Part 1. Well, just for, yeah, exactly. And this particular movie poster, it's the same thing. It's got Stallone. He's got the bandana on. He's got the M60. And he's got the the belt, the bullet clip, uh, the the bullet belt. Oh, the the the, 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 the bandolero. The bandolero, yeah. And you know he's and it's just you got the forest kind of through the through the moonlight behind him. Fucking awesome, you know. And then I didn't even realize he did. The he did that, that one. But that same year, 
And this one's a big one as far as like imagery goes and as far as relevance in science fiction and popular culture. That what? same year, he did The Thing. Oh, oh. the the John Carpenter, yeah. Kurt Russell, where it's the... It's just like, like this guy... Like the giant light coming out of somebody's face. Right. And it, that was one of the most scary posters... Exactly. ...I had seen until like Hellraiser or something as a kid. It's this nothing yet everything face at the same time. It's it's the thing, you know? It captures the the horror. That's how we say it in Texas. The horror. The horror. The horror. <laughs> It captures it so well. You know what I mean? It's it's brilliant. It might be his best, unless you count a couple of others. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Risky Business he did, the one with the Tom Cruise is kind of the, the wafers. wayfarers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got kind of down, kind of winking at the audience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does uh, Indiana Jones, the second one of the Temple of Doom. Um, That's a classic one. Such an amazing one. Golly he did. Ma. <laughs> Ma. I mean, he's... It's just over and over and over again, you see this guy, and he just keeps on producing. You know, it's some of the most iconic, most memorable uh, posters ever. You know? Well, I happen to know, fast forward a year or two, Back to the Future. 1985, Back to the Future. It is, again, Which we talked about at length just a couple weeks ago on the show, I know. Yeah. But this is the 30th anniversary, so it's a good enough excuse for us to revisit it. And I think we even speak at length about that one in the in the uh, interview with Eric Sharkey. Uh, but still, I'm going to mention it again. What an awesome poster. I'm talking about the one where Marty McFly, he's, he's got one. Like poking out of the DeLorean. Yeah, he's got with the, the DeLorean door with the doors open, that go like and this. he's got one like leg this. out looking at, at his watch. Uh, it, it's, it's classic Struzan. I guess it's now very, I'm an, since I've seen the movie I'm an expert enough to say that's <laughs> you classic spot it. Struzan. Yeah, you could just totally spot it. Well, and we actually talked about okay, so this is this is 1985. Our last show covered 1985, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, Back to the Future made it on that list. He did apparently one, two, three, four, five different versions of that poster. They're all very different. The most iconic being the one where he's popping out of the DeLorean, looking at his watch. Yep. Um, but he also did the poster for Better Off Dead that year. Uh, which is another one phenomenal. Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. I I feel like I see him being... The Goonies was him, wasn't it? It's the one where they're all hanging one after another off of that stalactite. Yeah, where you have, uh, what's his name, Josh Brolin. (laughs) Josh Brolin, and then the girl, and then... That's that's absolutely him. That's Drusen, too. Yeah, isn't that great? Oh, what other great 85 ones did he do? Um, (laughs) He did Police Academy 2. Well, okay, fair all enough. Right, all right. right, I do know he did the first one. I remember we talked he about did, that. He did Lady Hawk. Ooh, right. I did, we didn't even mention that on the last show. He did Codename Emerald, which I never saw. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I, you know, you can't bet 100. Um, <laughs> and then he also did, I don't know, I didn't know that this was an illustration, but he also did Rocky Four, the one where Rocky's got the flag draped over his shoulder. Just taking it up to 1985. You're blown away. And then he did Big Trouble in Little China. He oh. did An American Tale. He did Howard the Duck. He did the another Police Academy movie. He did, <laughs> you know, it's this is getting just stupid. Yeah. The guy, the guy was, he was not just busy because they come out with new movies all the time, but he was making all of the, if, if they were like, all right, we're going we're gonna to spend $50 million to make this movie. We're going to spend $15 million to market it. 
Uh, let's go ahead and shell out like uh, twenty thousand over, <laughs> over fifty grand just yeah. for the poster. Get me through Struzan. Yeah, I mean he must be at the top of his game thirty years ago. And we are all so used to his work mm. because Rocky Four poster, an ET poster. Yeah, that poster is on e. lunch boxes. ET. He did. He did, yes, he did ET also. He did. Okay, so imagine Drew Struzan's poster now becomes lunch pails. And yep. card backs and pajamas. And I think it's why sheets. I can remember all of those exactly. because those were the images they used to market mm-hmm. all of our favorite movies back then when we were younger, perhaps more susceptible. And maybe that's what we're locked into now. But if I had to, if someone ever sat me down and said, uh, either come up with a movie poster for this concept right now or your family dies, yeah. I am going to do my best to do a Drew Struzan ripoff. Because that's what I'm, I'm hardwired exactly. to assume. That's what a movie poster is. I think everybody is a ripoff of Drew Struzan. Now, of course, he had his in, his influences, mm-hmm. and we should we can't encourage you guys enough to watch this movie. It's available on Netflix right now. That's right. I'm sure you can buy it on Amazon if you're not into the Drew, internet. The man all. behind the poster. Exactly. This thing is available. It's there for you. It's. This thing should be taught in schools. It's, this is an important yeah. piece. This is it's, this guy is great. I do. I do feel like it's part after seeing the movie. Like, all right, we got to do our part to get people to know who this is, uh, and all of that is based on the uh, fervor and creative genius of Eric P. Sharkey. Who, so, you know what? It has been about three or four months since we talked to him. It's about time we put this out there for everyone to hear. I know, but I'm, I feel like we're we didn't cover. Drew enough here before we get. I mean, there's there's something now, there's there was, something that he did. You I, know what? Just play I it. Think and then there was like some big franchise that he scored, uh, but that was like that was like 35 years ago or something. It doesn't. I can't remember what it is. Maybe it'll occur to us while we uh, listen to the. Why, why don't we? Why don't? Yeah, let's just let's play it. To this, and then I'm we'll sure come back. He might even mention it in here. Anyway, magic interview machine. Won't you please bring us all to Eric P. Sharkey? All right. Well, uh, hey, hey, everybody. Uh, we're talking to Eric P. Sharkey, director of Drew, the man behind the poster. And if you're wondering what poster that is, well, there's a lot of answers. How how many how many movie posters did did uh, Drew draw, Eric? Oh, that's that's a, that's a hard thing to answer because it's. It's too many to even begin to count. I don't even think Drew knows how many he's done over the years because uh, not only has he done so many posters, but a lot of those posters have a lot of comps for the posters. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, it's it's got to be way up there in the thousands in terms of uh, work he's done for all kinds of uh, different movies. Um, I mean, just the Lucasfilm stuff alone is, is so much between – not only the posters, but um, all kinds of uh, different forms of advertising, like uh, book covers and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's he's been prolific is definitely the word for it. Uh, uh, he he we're, we're talking about a guy who drew pretty much all of the famous, iconic, memorable like you know, Star Wars posters, for example. Uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Although, although I'm pretty sure he did not do, you know, the perhaps the most famous Star Wars one, the one with Luke uh, holding the lightsaber over his head with Leia at his feet. No, actually, uh, he's in the movie. Uh, the guy who did that poster is actually him and his brother. Uh, his brother sadly passed away, but Greg Hildebrandt of the Hildebrandt Brothers 
they did that very first Star Wars uh, poster, and uh, they're in the documentary. Um, yeah, I mean, Drew did one for the original Star Wars that's known as the Circus poster. It was mm-hmm. the fourth poster that was released, and it's uh, Luke and Leia with the uh, and um, it's, I mean, it's incredible portraiture. And, and uh, then he did the Revenge of the Jedi when it was Revenge of the Jedi. I, I think that's one of his greatest Star Wars posters with the Darth Vader and Luke and uh, Vader fighting. That one, yeah, yeah, that one where it looks like where Luke like and Red, Darth are yeah. having that uh, that that lightsaber battle. No. Yeah, I I love it because it. It, when I was a kid and I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, this movie is going to be the darkest movie ever. <laughs> you know? And it well, didn't end up being that movie, but that poster kind of really represents that element of Return of the Jedi where it's like the dark side and Luke getting lured in because that's a dark poster. Yes, it's, and it, and it, it like has like that, like that blood red kind of overtone throughout the whole thing. It's really ominous. Um, and it's probably yeah. – I'm not sure. I haven't seen the latest price listings, but it's probably the most valuable poster. Uh, if you were to get a original Revenge of the Jedi uh, poster, because they were so limited, you know, you're, you're talking eight hundred to fifteen hundred dollars for a movie poster. No, that's true because um, they only put out a, a limited amount for sale, and uh, they were quickly uh, recalled because uh, George Lucas wanted to change the title. He didn't want it to be Revenge of the Jedi, so. That is definitely, if you have an original uh, Revenge of the Jedi, that is a rare poster. But uh, same thing with the toys. They, you know, they recall the toys, but if you have a Revenge of the Jedi action figure, that, that's pretty rare, that's too. That's pretty rare, too. And, you know, I, I actually, um, I did have a version of that, of, you know, Mindset, Return of the Jedi. But they would, I don't know if you guys, this is going way, way, way back, but this is even before probably Walmart was popular. It may have been at a Kmart or a White's department store where you would go to like the back of the toile and they had like that kind of that fan that, you know, you kind of had like these different window panes of posters that you would kind of flip through and you would get, you you would have like maybe three or four different star Wars ones. And one of them, and I still have it, the corners are kind of ripped off now, but it's, and the back of it's all yellow now because it's just kind of rotting, (laughs) but I have that. And that kind of, and I was happy to see that, that your film covered this is that the his his work it's not just about what's in the movie theater or it's not even what's right. on the DVD jacket but you'll see them on the books and in the de- in the department stores it's it's on the marketing pieces everywhere. Yeah, I mean his stuff has has really really gotten out there. I mean especially like if you think of like a film like Back to the Future, you think about how often that image of Marty McFly looking at his watch. Yeah. Is associated with Back to the Future in in, in, in all forms, and uh, and he's amazing at sort of capturing the spirit of a movie, even when sometimes the stuff he paints isn't in the actual movie. I mean, there's no scene in Back to the Future where he's standing outside of the DeLorean looking at his watch like that. <laughs> yeah. you know. But it still like, it tells you everything you need to know about the movie. You know? Yeah, and I, and I think everybody who who watched that movie remembers that poster because yeah. I think the poster got pretty famous itself. I, I remember as a kid when the movie was still in theaters, uh, I think it was like Fox Photo or whatever, that, that photo booth that the Libyans drove into mm-hmm. in the yeah. mall. Uh, that company was giving away that, fo- that, that poster. 
Really? Like, yeah, if you got oh, like four cool. rolls of film developed or something. I remember my mom got it for me, and I th- I was just blown away. I loved it. it was on my wall for many many years till it eventually yellowed and faded and fell away and <laughs> well, added to the value of the remaining ones, I guess. <laughs> and we we actually just had a brief convo. Uh, we had a brief convo about this, and I asked Grim here. What's you know? What do you think his best work is? Um, he didn't. He did not have an answer because his mind was just kind of overblown. Yeah. But mine, yeah, there. I you know, and I am a huge Star Wars fan, and you know that's one of the main reasons why we asked you to come here is to talk about his Star Wars posters. But oh, personally, uh, I believe that his best poster is that Back to the Future poster for what it accomplishes in one right. shot. It's really amazing. It tells the whole story. Yeah. It it does. It's it's incredible and um and a lot of people i think have a real connection with that poster it's it not only reminds them of the movie but it kind of takes them back to like the time that it came out when they remembered first seeing it you know um i know for me the temple of doom poster does that for me that's one of my favorites because i mean i was so excited about that movie coming out and I don't know. When I think of that movie, I think of that image from the Temple of Doom poster of like Indiana Jones with that really cool look in his eye. You know? Yeah. He, yeah. Um, in your film, uh, I forget the actor's name now. Um, he had a little comment about it about how when you like look at that poster, there's like all this chaos. You have all of like these like goons kind of coming at you. It's kind of like they're yeah. running at you in the poster, and you have you know the the Kalima guy holding up the flaming heart, and then you have Indiana Jones just kind of like, don't worry, I got this. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, that's a Sam Whitworth. Sam Whitworth, yeah, who's actually who's a, a former great guest guy. Ours, by the way. We have actually how how cool show. is he? he? He's a total geek. He's really into this stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think he's awesome. He knows uh, Drew through Frank Darabont. He was in the film The Mist. Drew was involved in that in that film, The Mist. As we get into the, the documentary, that um, yeah, he had to show Thomas Jane how to paint for the film. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, yep. And also, if if you notice in that studio, it's all Drew Struzan paintings, like the same posters in there, and oh, all the Drew Struzan artwork. So there's a real homage to him from Frank Darabont uh, with The Mist. Yeah, Frank uh, Frank Darabont seems to really really like he loves Drew yeah. Struzan. Yeah. That that was coming yeah. through loud and clear. Is in fact, I'm kind of curious if this documentary was more his idea than yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's funny. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I actually came up with the idea for doing the film because um, Drew did a poster for this really little silly comedy I made. It was uh, called Sexina Pop Star PI, and it was about a pop star who's also a private detective. <laughs> She has to stop an evil robot boy band created by Adam West, and Adam West plays the villain in the movie. Oh, you know? I love this uh, already. <laughs> well, well, it's on DVD, if you don't mind me plugging it. It's on DVD. Please it's on Anna, no, Anna I want to send us a copy. Check it out. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely send you guys some copies. Yeah, it's really silly. And so I had this little movie that I had made, and my dream was to always have Drew Struzan do a poster for a, for a movie that I made. Because when I was a kid, I had his posters all over my wall. You know, they were such a big part of the movie going experience for me. And uh, he's always my favorite illustrator. So I just thought, well, the worst that could happen is he says no and I get to talk to him. You know what I mean? Uh, but <laughs> to my shock, like I begged him and begged him and told him what a fan I is. And, it, it, and I couldn't believe it. He actually did the poster for my movie, you know. 
Uh, and then that started a relationship. And then I thought, well, I'd love to see a documentary about this guy because I'd like to know more about him. And I was really surprised one hadn't existed yet. Um, so that's when I, when I started uh, the process of it. I mean, George Lucas was actually the first interview we did for the movie. And uh, that happened three weeks after I pitched the idea to Drew. So it happened that fast where I pitched the idea and then he got back to me and it's like, would you want to talk to George Lucas? No. And I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So then all of a sudden, literally, like three days later, after he reached out to Lucas, we got a date. It was like, hey, you want to go to Skywalker Ranch in two weeks and shoot with George Lucas? And we were like, yeah. Um, and then it, so it happened that fast, and we had to make a movie. But Frank Darabont was actually someone who was on board right away because he's close friends with Drew, but he started out as a fan. He loved Drew's work for years, and uh, he eventually reached out to him to do artwork uh, for the Shawshank Redemption for the re-release. Mm-hmm. And uh, they hit it off. And um, but Frank Darabont also is someone who loves illustrated posters. Like he's passionate about that subject uh, in, in all areas. Like he he really thinks that illustrated posters can be a lot more effective most of the time than than ones that are done digitally or, or photographically. So he's passionate about Drew's work, but he's also passionate about illustration and, and great post art. So. Ah, so so anybody with with incredible. Uh artistic skill and a successful movie poster career can basically get in Frank Darabont's bed. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's a, he's an art fan. He's a guy like George Lucas where it's uh who loves illustration. Like they, they really respect that art form. Like I, I mean, one of the cool things at Skywalker ranch is that there, I mean, he, he, George Lucas has Rockwell, original Rockwell hanging on the walls, you know, and he's, he's loved illustration, uh, you know, for years. Uh, and and it's amazing that you know that Drew is one of his favorite illustrators, which is why he's been so loyal to him. I mean, he's used them so much throughout the years. You know? Yeah, and you know, and and aside from just the interview with uh, with Lucas, where he gushes and gushes about uh, about Drew, uh, there, yeah. the uh, the movie is kind of intercut with scenes uh, where they're kind of taking a tour of uh, some hallway that's got a lot of, I'm guessing, uh, Drew's original. Uh, posters up. I'm curious. Yeah, that was that was at ILM, and uh, there's a, a ton of Star Wars artwork, and you know, in the hallways and everything. And there was one particular hallway where he had uh, some Drew originals. So we were very grateful that George Lucas and Drew, you know, did that for us, where they walked around and looked at paintings and talked about them in front of it, which is like for me, it was, I mean, it was like a geek come dream come true, you know. Well, well, one thing caught caught my attention. And I don't know if uh, if it's occurred to you or if Marquis, if you noticed this, but uh, early on when they're talking about the composition in one of the in one of those uh, ILM pictures on the wall, George Lucas says, "Oh, and you didn't have to draw the laser swords." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that really George Lucas, or did you just hire some froggy old guy? <laughs> no, no, and and I've seen other interviews where sometimes he refused uh, he uh, refers to lightsabers as laser swords. Yeah. You know. So he does do that sometimes. He just calls them laser swords. <laughs> and uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker calls it a laser sword in Episode One. Well, I don't, I don't yeah, think right? Anakin Skywalker has has any bearing. It, it is part of the canon. <laughs> it's always been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that well uh, now now obviously if 
if Drew Struzan had never done any of the posters, Star Wars would still be a big phenomenon. It would still sell oh, billions and billions of dollars. But since true. he is so iconically attached to it, and it mentioned in the uh, in the movie, which is a few years old now, it was before ABC uh, you know, or, or Disney and ABC bought out the franchise. It mentions yeah, him yeah. being retired with a question mark behind it, but he seems to claim he's retired. Is he comes he, out of retirement at times. At times. Know, is he going to do it for the new Star Wars movies is what I'm driving at. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, um, I know in conversations I have had with him in the past that he's open to doing it, you know. Mm. Um, but I think it's one of those things where the right things have to come together. Um, whether Disney wants him to do it, I don't know. Uh, whether J.J. Abrams would want him to do it, I wouldn't be surprised. If J.J. Abrams would want him to do it, just considering uh, how he's, you know, he's bringing back the original actors, he's bringing back practical sets, he's bringing back people who worked on all the other Star Wars films. So I wouldn't be surprised if he asked them, but whether he will or not or that, I don't know. But I think it would be great if he did, because I think it would bring everything together that now you have a, a Star Wars film that's try, trying to really sort of bring back all the things we loved about the original trilogy, uh, but also, you know, bring back uh, Drew, whose artwork is so associated with it. Uh, I just think it would be great to have a great Drew Struzan poster for it, you know. All right, Mark. It sounds like Eric doesn't know. Let's call Frank Darabont. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, call Frank Darabont. He won't tell you, though, even if he knew, you know. (laughs) Well, I am crossing my fingers that he's at least going to have his own take on, the, you know, on the seventh episode, uh, I mean, it, yeah. it kind of wouldn't be a Star Wars movie, you know. Just like it's not really a Star Wars movie without John Williams, it's not really, you know, it's not christened until he makes a movie poster of it. You know, he's among uh-huh. the best ones, um, the most iconic ones. But one of the things that I kind of noticed well, it's is a that new trilogy, so he can do his third triptych. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's I mean, true. Uh, those, those special edition posters. That's one of the things in the film where it's like that George Lucas has all the posters, um, you know, he has them all lined up. So, he, you know, it's like one giant painting for six <laughs> movies. <laughs> and, of course, it, all, it, it leads into the prequels, which he just decided to make as like a six-poster series. And it, they do yeah. look great when you kind of line them all up. But yeah. it, it does kind of um, lead to this idea that he's really a unsung or un, underappreciated – uh, hero when it comes to to movies and to the pop culture. I mean, yeah. I, I, and I am sorry to admit that I, I'm sure that I've seen his name before because of the particular posters that I have looked. And it's, but for the most part, I didn't know his name until your film kind of brought it out. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's, it's obviously a very uh, artistic uh, turn of of chance and of luck that his name is drew <laughs> you know i think yeah, that's right. cool. that's convenient yeah he's just underappreciated and it's finally his his kind of due to kind of come out and to kind of be seen and to kind of take his bow and you see that specifically you know i don't want to kill it here but there's a beautiful touching comic-con moment and yeah i just i was so relieved and just so so proud and happy for him uh yeah yeah, yeah. Was that kind I mean, of motivation? Well, one of the things that makes me very happy is when people see the film and they go, oh, yeah, I had seen his work, but I never thought about who did this work, you know? Or that um, people 
are shocked by how many iconic posters he's done over the years. You know, when we screen the movie in front of audiences, people are just like, he did that one, he did that yeah. one, and yeah, even stuff, exactly even stuff are like, yeah. yeah, I mean, even stuff are like comedies, like when when, when we show like Johnny Dangerously at the Adventures in Babies. Police Academy. Like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, or like Police Academy. <laughs> like he, he's done so many uh, movie posters that were like really, you know, for famous big movies. And uh, and yet most people have never stopped to think who did this artwork. But when you, but one of the things I wanted to do the film was sort of put that all together is sort of say, hey, this one guy did all this work that we all grew up on. If you're from my age group, you know, yeah. and uh, and what's great at places like Comic Con is to see that there's a young generation that discovered him and loved his work. I mean, I I think. A part of the reason why younger people like it is because there's something really magical about the fact that he does it by hand. It's nothing done digitally. You know, it's like old school pen and paper, you know, paintbrush on a canvas. Yeah. And I think you, you don't see so much of that anymore. So there's the, the posters are, I don't know, they have a bigger quality than, than, uh, than photographs. You know, they, they, they're larger than life. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, wanted people to, I wanted people to see, look at this amazing man who's done this much artwork that's been such a part of pop culture. And what's great is that, you know, just by the people who are in the film, that shows how much, you know, they, how much his artwork means because, you know, people like Harrison Ford, they don't do interviews easily, no. you know. So for him to take time to say, I want to talk about Drew's artwork because I think it's that great and it's really done so much for my movies. It's a testament to like you know this man and his his amazing talent, and I'm I'm glad that the film is at least bringing some more attention to him to people who might not be illustration nerds, you know, to, to a broader public, you know. Well, and my my kudos to you and to your editor, um, and I'm sure this was uh, intended. Um, and somewhat of a spoiler alert, I'm going to give you guys 30 seconds to mute this here, um, but the. The beginning of the film starts with him basically saying, I was unloved. Yeah. And yeah. it ends with him being completely and totally loved by us, you know, by us Comic-Con people, you know, yeah. us geeks and yeah. us nerds and whatever you want to call it. And he found, uh, he, found, he found a home with his wife, obviously, and with, the, and with his family, but – he found his place and his home among us as well. He's appreciated and loved here. And that film, it, you know, it's a, it's a documentary, of course, but it is a documentary with a beginning, an arc, and, he, you know, he ends up in another place. Uh, it's just really well done. My, uh, oh, thank you. My kudos to you on that one, man. It was very, oh, very good. Oh, thank you very much. And I, and I have to say it's great to see the, all the love that Drew's getting because, you know, all these years – this is pre-internet, you know, where he would do all this artwork and would get out there, but he was mostly just plowing away in his studio doing all this work. And it's not until recent years that he really knew, wow, there's people who really love and appreciate this stuff and that it, it and it means a lot to people. And, and he's finally, you know, now getting that, you know, actually talking to a lot of the fans and meeting them up close. And, and, and I think, you know, he's, he's taken back by it. Like, wow, I was doing all this art and it was kind of like a job and, you know, and it, and it, it's really touching all these people, which is what he's always wanted to do with his art is to have, you know, he wants it to make people happy. And now that he knows that it does, I I think it, it means a lot to him, you know, which is great.
Well, I guess I'd retire too. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> Work is done. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, sometimes he comes out. He does. I mean, if it's if it's something cool or, or for someone that he really respects, he you know, uh, he'll, he'll come out and do some some artwork. So, if anything, I think it makes sometimes the fact that he. Like, remember in the 80s, every week there was a Drew Struzan poster, you know? Yeah. And, the, and so the fact that now it's more rare, it, it, it almost makes it more of an event. Like, oh, Drew Struzan did a poster again, you know? Well, well you know, Star Wars Episode Seven's coming. Uh, Definitely, sure Lisa yeah. Lisa Nine is in the works somewhere. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg seemed to think it might be possible. <laughs> yeah, he, he, wants, he wants another police academy. <laughs> another poster, yeah. <laughs> See, I and uh, the, guys, the guy obviously has the skill as an artist, and I think some other artists mentioned, like, you know, I had to bring him in because I, I can't do portrait work. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, it's it's another echelon of skill above just professional artists that, that he's got. Yeah. Uh, you he, know, he's he obviously did. a type. He would be doing pinups if those were still popular. Right. Oh, yeah, he could totally do those. I mean, he, not, he's he's amazing at, at portraiture and, and capturing characters i mean i for for my money i don't and a lot of great illustrators like amsel and others have done indiana jones work but um i think he captures indiana jones in a way that no artist ever has like it's it's more than just a painting it's like it is indiana jones it like encapsulates everything that indiana jones is in those paintings you know oh yeah he's got he's got you know, we look at it. We're like, well, of course, that's got to be the poster for this movie. There's no other poster you could do. But this is the man yeah. who starts out with a blank piece of paper and then finds it and puts it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, obviously, a skill that uh, we all wish we had and don't. And I would do anything to get this guy to draw my picture. <laughs> I feel the same way. I, I I couldn't believe that I got him to do a poster for me. And now and now that uh, you know, I've only made two films, and both the films have Drew Struzan posters. I never thought that would happen, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm still in awe of him. If I go to his studio and he's painting something, even if it's just he's painting something for himself, I I still I'm just like wow. That's a, he's he's at a whole other level. I think that comes from you know, he comes from a different era of great illustrators, and there was. There was no shortcuts. You know, you had to do it by hand, and you had to get it right, you know. Did you, uh, I mean, did he do the movie poster for this movie? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, for, right. <laughs> yeah. for the Drew documentary? Yes. Yeah, did he do, yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. He gave us, uh, well, he didn't paint it specifically for the movie. He was very kind in, in basically letting us use a self-portrait that he had done of himself. Um, so it was something he had already done for himself and he was kind enough to say, Hey, if you want to use this for your poster, you know, which we were, we were, we're very, very appreciative of. So. All right. Well, and the, and the, the guy's got skill, you know, his work, even if you don't know his name, uh, we want to thank, uh, Eric Sharkey for bringing his name to our attention. Yep, absolutely. Uh, most of us, I think. A lot of aficionados were familiar with his name, but the general public, does, since we've all seen so many of his posters, we should know his name. Uh, so thank you, Eric, for bringing Drew to uh, to more of the forefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hey, also want to thank, thank you for you. talking to us. Yeah. No, thank you for having me, and thank you uh, for helping to spread the word about Drew. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. No, not at all. And if you want to see some more uh, Drew 
artwork. You can go find it on the cover of the DVD of Sexina, Popstar P.I. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Never a, never a bad time to watch that movie. Exactly. Thank you for plugging that movie. I, I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> oh, no, no. oh, you're familiar with it? Well, that's wonderful, Eric. It's one of my favorites. You know what? Even the flavor they describe, I just picture that being a big bowl full of Reese's Pieces and milk. <laughs> it basically is. I think uh, if my memory serves correctly, it was like the Reese's Puffs. I think there was a cereal yeah, called they, Reese's that's Puffs. Actually, yeah, the Reese's Puffs is, is out there now. This yeah, but probably the early. They, they made that flavor for the E.T. cereal. Mm. And if you look at the box... It suspiciously looks like a lot like a Drew Struzan. It does. You showed that to me while we were listening to the interview, and yes, I, I have to say that has got to be Drew Struzan's ET. Everything else, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, but I don't think he drew ET, the bowl of cereal or anything. No, no, I don't think so either. But, but. The, they, I don't know if he drew it for that or they took it off of one of his. It's all the licensing, one sheets or something. Yeah, but which, definitely which is, they they use <laughs> Drew Struzan's work to help market ET which was marketed to hell and back. Well, back it was the highest-grossing film of all time at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, this was, and we were talking briefly about the whole licensing thing, but Drew paints a picture, and Steven Spielberg's company owns it, and it's everywhere. Yep. You know, and it, you know, it becomes ours all of a sudden. Well, you it's know? funny you bring that up because uh, I think I think listening to that interview, we were able to remember what that franchise was. Oh, that little tiny that franchise? little one that he did back <laughs> in the seventies on a, on a wing and a prayer that it might succeed. Yeah. A little something called Star Wars. It's and he did all the Star Wars pictures. Well, he did episode. He four, did his five, own six, version episode of them. One, right. two, three. Right. Exactly. He was brought in by Lucas to do all of those. Lucas loves this guy. Well, there's there there are famously a lot of Star Wars poster author um, artists. Mm -hmm. Okay, but Drew Struson is among any of them as far as the the great posters of the particular movie, but also. Many of the real iconic ones. Uh, that Revenge of the Jedi poster that we've all seen, that's a Drew Struzan. Um, he did a lot of the Empire. He did uh, Empire Strikes Back. He famously did all of the re-releases that we talked about. He ended up going back and doing the prequels. Yep. And, and here we go. Here we um, are. We asked him because, again, I want to remind everybody, this was like back in April yeah. 2015. Yeah. We, we sat down and talked to Eric about it. And we asked him point blank, hey, is he doing posters for Episode 7? What's going on with that? Yeah. He's like, well, I don't, he might. Have well, I don't well. know. Maybe he and is. lo and behold, Here what it is. just happened at Disney D23 Expo uh, a couple weeks ago. It was the, yep, it was the big reveal. Right. The big the reveal. The poster was out. J.J. Abrams himself got out, put it up there. Uh, and I want to talk about it for a minute. 
Yeah. It looks uh, – it obviously is Drew Struzan. Uh-huh. You can tell. Yep. And it's the animated, and it's got those same kind of elements. Yeah. The light side, dark side, mm-hmm. like who's in the center of it, you know. You can yep. kind of follow it like in a clockwise or counterclockwise motion depending on what your mood is. Yeah. And all the – and it, it – I don't know – I think that they they must tell him the story, right? I think Drew knows well, the story. Well, he came out and he said recently, I think in an interview, Drew Struzan himself yeah. said, uh, the episode seven is the best Star Wars movie he's seen. <laughs> he's already seen it? And we take it for granted that he has seen, you know, the other six that he did posters for as well. Before they came it out. It feels like a safe bet. Yeah. But yeah, he came out and said, and this has been in the news lately, that he said... Because obviously he does get to see it. Wow. Even though the actual, you know, positions or specific scenarios that he puts uh, characters in on posters tend not to be in movies, he doesn't have things in posters that aren't. That aren't represented in movies. Like, it, like, and yet, like the Back course, to the Future the scene, for example. has already, within the past week, uh. picked apart his new poster. And, and I... I I have to admit, I was I was one of those people looking at it, and I was eager to learn. Uh, it's kind of like the whole Da Vinci shows, Code, exactly. Right, and people were like, "Oh, there's two suns in there." That's, oh, that's, that's actually got to be Tatooine. Yeah. It's not whatever the desert planet is. And Finn is holding a lightsaber. But if you look closer, there are three suns. There are three suns. Boom. So maybe it's not Tatooine. Oh my God. Although, also, if you look a little further down in the corner, there's one of those uh, moisture evaporator uh, farming that does look like the moisture yep. that they used in Tatooine. Tatooine. Yep. So maybe it is Tatooine. Maybe it's not. Uh-huh. And you have John Boyega with the lightsaber with, with Luke's Luke's lightsaber. lightsaber. What's well, Anakin's lightsaber? Which is Anakin's lightsaber. So is he a Jedi? Is he good? Is he bad? Yeah. The, it it. It opens up the possibility to all of those without answering the question. Well, and and, and I, that's <laughs> so good about his posters. Allow me to give you this really cool phenomenon when I saw that poster. When I saw the poster and I see Finn, that's the John Boyega character, when he's got the ignited lightsaber, okay, I was like, oh, he's going to be a Jedi or he's going to be a force wielder or whatever you want to call it. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's – there's some magic to him, okay? That boy's going to swing a laser sword. That's right. <laughs> he has a laser sword. <laughs> and, you know, so I see that, and it actually, for a second there, it's a spoiler. For a second. And then I'm here thinking, no, it's a reveal. And then I'm thinking, wait it's a, a minute. It's a red herring. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. I was at Star Wars Celebration a few months ago. I was in the Force Awakens exhibit, which showed their their costumes and stuff. I have pictures of this, and I you know have a picture of Finn's costume and stuff. And at the bottom right corner, they have like these reference images. Maybe they were they might have been uh, renditions of what their costumes are going to look like. Yeah. And in the pocket of Finn's jacket, the the one with the red shoulder strap, right, the one with the little red shoulder, uh-huh. in the pocket of that jacket is Luke's lightsaber. And I saw it there, and I go, oh, he's holding Luke's lightsaber. Yet it still wasn't revealed to me until it was on a Drew Struzan poster that he's not just holding this. He's going to wield it. He's going to use it. It's a part of the movie. And it's neat that it got to be revealed to me twice. 
that Finn <laughs> is going to be. Maybe your mind is just going. I'll tell I'll tell you about it again next week. You'll <laughs> yeah, love maybe it. I'll forget it. Like, but you you know, it's totally me to be so involved in this in a movie, you know, especially Star Wars movies, but any movie that I'm really into. It's easy to forget the trailers that you've watched and or the poster that you saw because you're so into the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe they both feed each other because when you see a Back to the Future poster, you're you are, you are immediately transported to seeing the movie, right? I yep. mean, you see that you see Marty popping out, he's looking at his watch. You might as well the, the whole movie's flashing in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and it it and it uses the right style and composition to make us flashback. Yeah. To or being yeah. You know, eight years old in Return of the Jedi. It's a reveal every time you out. see it. Like, oh, look at that! It's on all out. It's a reveal every time you see it. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking in the uh, uh, interview about the Temple of Doom, and how you know, uh, Indy just has this kind of smirk. Mm. I know? got this. No, no, it's cool. <laughs> you know, like it's there, and that's the character. And it's it's neat how they both feed into each other. I think it's a, uh, it's just it's amazing what this guy can do with the movie poster. It really does. Yeah. And even even if, even if we've just been drinking the Kool Aid, and it turns out he's not all that popular or good at making <laughs> art, what he has done is make a recognizable style, which is already tied to so many properties I love in my head. I would never be able to separate it. Yeah. From my love of these right properties, it's become the same. They they've they have joined. Yeah, yeah. And um, who used who the most? Well, I would you know? say George Lucas <laughs> and Steven Spielberg Use ended him. up using Drew Struzan because we're not on a mission to tell you Steven Spielberg's name today. That's true. Yay, Drew Struzan! <laughs> and we've all seen he just put out a new poster that drove everyone crazy. So yeah. if you saw that poster and you liked it, and you, like a lot of us fanboys, went on the internet and researched all about it and tried to find all the meaning, for God's sake, rule one, the man who designed and illustrated that poster is named Drew Struzan. Give him his props. Yes, now you can fanboy dig into it and try and figure out exactly what the whole plot is. And why does it have the steps from Cloud City for some reason down at it the bottom? It does have what that. Is, what is up with that? It, it, well, they're actually red, so it could be Death Star, too. No, the Death Star was blue. Yeah, I think the red ones were in the cryo chamber in Cloud no, City. No, those were yellow. Hmm? Those are orange. The red does show up, though, but I'm forgetting where. But anyway, look at us thinking about this. I mean, that's a, it's tearing us up. Like, what does this mean? And everything is so direct. And it was all a decision that a man named Drew Struzan made, and he is trusted implicitly by Lucas, by Spielberg, by well, Frank Darabont, obviously. He did, and he does. He's done. If you if you are young and you don't know the movies we're talking about, go look up some Walking Dead posters. Yeah. Odds are he probably drew some of those. Well, he, he did a he did, lot with Frank Darabont. He did Mashes of the Universe, Three O'clock, Three O'clock High. Oh yeah, he did a, Coming to America, Crocodile Dundee. No, I remember the Coming to America one very well. I am only on 1988 right now. Yeah, we have a long way to go. I think the art of the movie poster has been. Uh, what? You, what's the verb for a commodity? 
if you look at it has at been appropriated, appropriated by the uh, entertainment if industrial you, complex. If you like look at every Fast and Furious, every Mission Impossible, and it's always it's the exact same poster. These are all crude ripoffs of Struzan and what he was able to do. Just a bunch of crude Struzans. Crude Struzans. Crude Drew Struzans. Struzans. <laughs> and they don't have the same impact because it's all the well, same. It sure is easy for us at yeah. least to say, you know what? When I was your age, they had real movie posters yeah. that a real artist would draw. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to get into that, and I don't want to make myself look old and cranky. So I'm just <laughs> going to say, Drew Struzan, you deserve recognition, so we're here to give it to you. Hey, quick hand for Drew Struzan. And that is, I think, a pretty good use of our Saturday morning. It's, it's the least we can what do for it? this yes, guy. it's literally the least we can do. This is all, all we can do to honor this incredible guy. Everybody should really see this particular movie. Go check it out. Yeah. Drew, the man behind the poster. Uh-huh. We are the men behind the interview with Eric Sharkey, who's the man behind the movie, the movie. Drew, the man behind the poster. Exactly. So we are the men behind the man behind the movie behind the poster. No, no. We are the men behind the man who's behind the movie that is behind, behind the, the man of the man who's behind the poster. There we go. That's yeah, I it. got it That's right. That's the whole line. Anyway, <laughs> there it is. Uh, before we let you go, uh, about a year, year or two ago, we profiled a great documentary called Legends of the Night mm -hmm. by Brett Culp uh, that talked all about how normal, everyday, real-life people use the story of Batman to affect positive change, yeah. yes. you know, the obvious example being a uh, bat kid bat in San kid Francisco who's, who's getting his own yeah. documentary yeah. treatment going through the rounds right now. Bat kid. Yeah. Uh, but one of the subjects he introduced to us uh, was a, a, someone who also hit kind of viral fame, man by the name of Lenny Robinson uh -huh. out of Maine, a self-made millionaire who bought a Lamborghini, Lamborghini and tricked it out to look like the Batmobile. Uh, got a really, really expensive, really nice Batman suit. I believe it was the and Tim Burton style, right? If I, I remember correctly. Ooh, I cannot recall off the top of my head. I but think he it was would, Michael Keaton style. On his own time, yeah. on his own dime, drive around almost constantly to children's hospitals and just entertain kids as Batman. He even got a, he even got pulled over once. That's and, how and he became a, a viral star yeah, was yeah. he was pulled over by the police and uh, turned out it was the a dash let cam because he didn't have – Anyway, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Mr. Robinson passed away yeah. this past week. Uh, he was dressed in full Batman gear, right. and he was uh, At a hospital? driving to no, the hospital in his Lamborghini, uh -huh. had some engine trouble, pulled off to the side of the road to check it out, and unfortunately was struck by another vehicle. Um, no malice, no one to blame. It's just one of those great tragedies, but we really kind of feel like people like Lenny Robinson – really embody the spirit of what we try to do here. It, absolutely. So we have lost someone great. And thought that deserves a moment of dead air. Thank you, Lenny Robinson. Thank you, uh, buddy. And thank you, Drew Struzan. Thank you, Eric Sharkey. Thank you all for listening. Uh, let's go out there and let's, let's keep being good people and good fans. What do you say, Marky? That's the least we can do. Yep. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Ah, oh, this is enough of this.